IEEE SA Voice shares insights and perspectives from the IEEE SA community, subject matter experts, and industry leaders that are working to raise the world standards, drive market solutions, and much more, keeping you at the forefront of technological innovation for the benefit of humanity. Welcome to the Rethink Health podcast series. I'm your host, Maria Palombini, leader of the IEEE Standards Association Healthcare and Life Science Practice. Do we want more inclusion and diversity in patient population pools? Do we want a validated approach to monitor and ensure quality throughout the study? Do we want to better leverage data from devices for future clinical research? Do we want to accelerate and optimize clinical research options? If you say yes to all these questions, then you are into DCT. It's time to modernize an outdated drug development process. If we can establish trust and validation in decentralized health technologies, we can drive adoption of decentralized clinical trials. Visit ieesa.io forward slash RCT to join the global community of multi-stakeholders in the IEEE SA Tech and Data Harmonization for Decentralized Clinical Trials Incubator Program. You may wonder why we're doing this podcast series. So much is changing in the world of health. We have new technologies, tools, applications, all of us which should make us think, how can we rethink the approach to health so that we have patients like you and me end up with better health? We bring you experts, advocates, researchers who rethink the process anywhere in the healthcare ecosystem from bench to bedside to get to where we need to be. Today, I'm delighted to bring you one of these experts, Michael Ambrose, director at USP. USP is an exciting organization. You know, when you think of quality, we think of USP in the scientific standards world. Michael, why can't you tell us a little bit about what USP does and the great work you're doing there with them? Thank you very much, Maria, for this opportunity, and good afternoon, everybody. I am uh, the Director of Product Quality and Analytical Methods within the uh, Digital Innovation Division. Our group explores and evaluates emerging technologies and trends that impact public health especially in terms of medicine and therapies, and begin to really work together with, with the intersection of therapies and technology. USP is a global leader in building trust in medicines among patients, healthcare providers, industry regulators, and such. We do this by setting standards that ensure the quality, safety, and promote public trust in these medicines. USP has been doing this for just over 200 years. We started in 1820. Today, we are in use in over 150 different countries throughout the world. Excellent. A fascinating organization. You know, now we're in the world of COVID and everybody's in a virtual environment, and I'd like to humanize the experience for our audience. So let's hear a little fun fact about you, something that you do in your downtime or a nice, interesting place you've traveled before, something that you would like to impart with our audience. Besides science and technology, uh, I actually have a number of different hobbies. Uh, one of the ones, the, the longest ones I've had so far is I'm a blues guitarist. I've been, I've been playing guitar and blues for about 40 years now. Uh, I've also recently got a 3D printer, and I've been having a lot of fun printing things and designing my own jewelry and such. So we also have fun outside of work as well. Oh, so we have a little garage biotech type of situation going on now. <laughs> so why don't we get to the core? What do we really need to rethink? Digital therapeutics, people talking about them, 
People don't even understand when I say people, patients, doctors, clinicians, we hear anything from an app could be a digital therapeutic or some other application of a technology, which gives us a lot of bit of concern. Um, from your point of view, how would you define a digital therapeutic? Digital therapeutics and digital health in general is, as, as you just stated, is a uh, multifaceted area. We do concentrate on digital therapeutics, and we kind of define it as a modality that uses high-quality software programs that provide an evidence-based therapeutic intervention. This is to prevent, manage, or treat a medical disorder or disease. These uh, digital therapeutics can actually be the therapy in and of itself, or it can be in conjunction with other therapies as well. It's a fascinating area that seems to be growing very rapidly. You know, what are some of the trends in the use of digital therapeutics? You know, we've seen the new norm, a lot of conversation about using them for mental wellness, uh, a lot of emotional distress, but also in pain management. So we're seeing quite a different use cases for them. From your side, what do you see them as a growing trend? I see the trend as continuing where it is now to some degree in that the different types of applications for these digital therapeutic products continue to grow. This is both in the areas where the digital product itself is the therapy, and I think that's one of the unique aspects of it, where the software is the therapy. We also continue to see the growth in digital therapeutics in conjunction with not only the therapeutic itself, but in areas where patient and doctor actually develop a different type of relationship outside of just the office visits. With the change we've had with the COVID-19, areas of mental health and such is an area where the ability to use digital therapeutic products is really starting to emerge. The ability for the patient and the doctor to interact again outside of the office some of the other areas that we're starting to see is, is in areas of augmented reality and virtual reality applications as well. I think that is one of the, the larger areas that are starting to, to actually trend down. We're seeing something very similar as well, uh, obviously through the IEEE Standards Association, the rise in augmented reality use for these uh, applications. Do you think the best use cases, just from a point of view of industry and patients and doctors and consumers, is the best use cases for a digital therapeutic on the commercial side or maybe from an FDA-regulated application kind of thing? Uh, that's a tough question to ask because we're really not in a position to say one way or the other. USP is for the quality of medicine, the public trust and such. The applications, I think, is between patients, the doctor, the healthcare provider, the regulatory agencies and such. I think there are a couple of different examples, I think, where, where we can talk about the, the different types of digital therapeutics. Uh, companies such as WellDoc, their Star products for diabetes, Intervention, Akilai Interactive, they just got their digital therapeutic endeavor cleared for the treatment of ADHD in children, and that's an example where the therapy itself is the software. Others, such as Care Therapeutics, uh, they recently uh, had Reset O clear, and that's an, an example where the digital therapeutic is used in conjunction with an ongoing outpatient treatment of opioid addiction. Again, that's where it, it actually combines both the counseling aspects as well as traditional therapy with this new digital therapeutic product as well. Definitely. I think it is a hard question, but 
we have to ask. <laughs> Absolutely. We're, we're getting to the good part now, the call to action, right? We, there's a great new opportunity in the market for health, digital therapeutics makes us rethink a therapy. But now with the rise of something new, we always have to ask questions. There's always a challenge. What are you finding with the rise of these therapeutics to be some of the more concerning issues that perhaps need to be a little, you know, viewed closer or need a little more attention? Not sure one would call it a, a issue, but it's something that is extremely important that I think we all have to keep in mind. In this new modality, digital therapeutics, these products treat people. We need to keep in mind that in the end, a patient is coming to a healthcare provider for uh, a medical condition, and the provider is trying to treat that patient. That patient can be treated in a number of different modalities. The newest one is the emerging one we're talking about today, digital therapeutics. It's still treating patients. And so we have to keep in mind that these are there to alleviate discomfort. They're there to treat the patient. I think that's one of the things we have to continually keep in mind. Sometimes when you talk about all the other different aspects, it doesn't always come through. But I think in back of everybody's mind, that the agency, the FDA, the doctors, the, the manufacturers, that is the key aspect. But I think we also need to make sure we keep that in mind. I'm so glad you mentioned that because in the world of new technologies applications, we're so focused on the tool working, sometimes we forget who the tool is for. And the patient yeah. is definitely the center of the healthcare ecosystem. So we not, must never lose sight of that. And I'm so glad you brought that up. I think maybe the question, what adjustments or what really needs to be considered when you think it when you think, meaning a practitioner or someone who says you should be using this digital therapeutic, needs to evaluate and assess it for its patients. What are maybe some considerations you all feel that that would be there? I think if we go back to the premise that we're treating patients, we start looking at it from the point of view of, of the patient where, again, the patient has to have this trust or does have this trust in that this therapy, either prescribed or recommended by that healthcare provider, is going to have a positive effect on whatever condition they are being treated for. The patient, just as in any other therapy, has no way of knowing the quality or whether or not that product is going to do anything or do anything positive. And therefore, I think what we need to do is continually to evolve the ability to assess and evaluate the quality of that therapeutic product from the manufacturing, make sure that they have their quality management systems in place, that they do the proper testing and evaluation. The regulatory agencies evaluate that product not only from a software point of view, but from the actual point of view of it being a therapeutic. There are a number of different quality management systems and quality standards out there for software, but I don't see many of them talking about the quality needed for a actual therapeutic. So I think that's one of the areas that continues to need to be addressed. When we talk about software, we talk about security, data management, data privacy, ownership, the ability to hack and such. So I think all of those areas need to really to be considered even more importantly, again, because these are treating patients first. Speaking of quality, how does USP see its role in helping to establish some sort of standard, quote-unquote, of quality for digital therapeutics? A really good question, and I'm going to address that by going back a little bit in time. USP has, again, been around for 200 years. 
through those 200 years, USP has evolved along with all the different modalities and continuing to work with those industries to create standards needed to assess quality. So we've gone from recipes and tinctures back in the 1820s and such to advanced chemical medicines and the use of analytical technologies to evaluate quality to today with the, with the complex biologics and such. Our ability to convene the appropriate stakeholders industry leaders, you know, thought, thought leaders, academia, regulatory agencies and such to convene and work together to try to understand what the quality measurements are for these different modalities and working together to create what those standards are and how to assess them. So I see USP uh, looking at this not as a revolution of therapy, but just as the next evolution. Again, as we move from botanicals to chemical medicines to biologics, now to digital therapy, is the evolution of the therapeutics, and USP has this continual 200-year history of addressing those emerging technologies, working with the industries to actually create them. I think that's really, really important. And a fun fact for our audience out there, IEEE is a little over 100 years old, and as Michael said, USP is 200 years old. So we are talking to a company who's 100 years older than us right now. So that's yeah. awesome that we have some sustainability going on. So how did I come to learn about USP's involvement in digital therapeutics is when one of Michael's colleagues showed me this great paper that they developed. So Michael, do you want to talk a little bit about the paper you did and how maybe people can find out about it? Sure. Our, we just recently published a white paper on digital therapeutics where we go into a lot more detail about our approach, not just to digital therapeutics, but the USP pharmacopeia approach to, to reference standards and to the use of quality standards overall and the value. Do this uh, by first addressing the typical quality parameters that we have in more traditional therapies, such as identity, strength, purity, performance. And we offer the question is, are these the correct terms? Do we need to adapt the definition? How do we determine identity in a software or the string? Or do we need to, do we need to have a different set of terms that measure the quality of a software? Again, not just as a software, but as a therapeutic software. Uh, the paper can be found at www.usp.org slash DTX. And in that paper, we actually address and, and, and want your comments, comments from the industry, comments from everybody reading the paper as well as anybody listening to this podcast. And we've, we've set up a special dedicated email just for that site, just so that you can, you can submit your comments and thoughts. And that is at dtxwhitepaper at usp.org. And we will be sure to put both links. We're going to write a blog about this podcast, and we'll put both links on the blog post as well so people can find it from there as well, off the IEEE SA Beyond Standards uh, blog site. So everyone out there listening, digital therapeutics are here. They've been here. They're growing. I definitely think you should check them out, read this white paper, do a little research. They're helping us rethink the healthcare system. So if you want to get involved in some of the work we're doing at the IEEE SA, we're doing, we're talking digital therapeutics and clinical research. We're looking at it from a point of view of wearables in our, you know, WAMI certification program, many different applications and areas. 
Michael, I want to thank you for being a part of this podcast, for sharing your insight and time with me. And, you know, it's been a great collaboration. We've been collaborating with USP on some of these unique applications such as Smart Pills, and now we're talking together on digital therapeutics. And I think it's a great uh, collaboration between science and tech. Thank you very, very much. And just, just one right. last statement for those who want to learn more about USP and, and standard setting and such, please visit us at, at www.usp.org. You can see what we do in foods and, and dietary supplements, biologics, medicines, global public health and such and learn how you can work with us as well. Yes, definitely. Uh, if you're into this area of quality, definitely you want to talk to USP. And for everyone out there, thank you again for joining us. We look forward to you. We have our next podcast next week coming up on artificial intelligence and blockchain in the world of epidemiology, which is another application of how we really need to rethink epidemiological research. But for now, thank you again for listening, and we look forward to your participation and engagement in helping us to bring new solutions to drive adoption in the market. On behalf of IEEE Standards Association and IEEE SA Voice, thank you for joining us today. For more information, please visit standards.ieee.org. We hope you'll join us again soon.